Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Tech Talks. You're chopping it up with Chuck. I'm the editor-in-chief with Cannabis and Tech Today, and we have a very special guest today. Uh, very excited to talk to you. We've got Chris Walsh, CEO and president of Marijuana Business Daily. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about events. We're going to talk about the future of events. And we're also going to talk about the, um, the very first online event we've got coming up right at the end of this month, which is MJ Biz. Con Next Direct. So we're super excited to uh, be talking to you. How you doing today, Chris? I'm doing okay. Still, uh, still operating out of my basement. So that's got, <laughs> got that going for me, but uh, everything's going all right. Yeah. And we were, we were talking earlier before we jumped on here. You're just outside of uh, Denver. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, uh, just in a suburb uh, west of Denver. Gotcha, gotcha, and we're uh, also just outside of Denver, right here. But uh, it's it's a it's a crazy time right now. We have the uh, it, it seems like the whole world is kind of is kind of emerging now through this uh, little little couple month uh, COVID uh, thing that we had going on here. How is uh, how's everything going on over there at uh, at at uh, MJ Biz Daily and uh, and with your crew? Uh, it's in interesting times right now. Um, well, I did get I did get a haircut recently for the first time in three or four months. I know some some people have ventured out to do that. I was one of them. Uh, it was it was needed. I wouldn't have video on if I didn't have that haircut. Um, but uh, you know, for MJ Biz, we're we're doing well. We're hanging in there. Um, we you know have had to like many businesses kind of take a step back and figure out what our path forward should be in this environment, and uh, with a lot of uncertainties. Uh, you know that are still playing out. We the story hasn't been written yet, but but we've taken some some steps, uh, some significant steps to kind of pivot our business and find out uh, you know what the industry needs right now uh, and what we can provide it in different ways uh, than we used to. Because obviously, you know, we we had a lot of our business tied to live in person events and mm -hmm. really no indication of when those will return or how they'll return. So. We're moving forward with our uh, biggest in-person event, MJ BizCon, this December, and uh, you know, hopeful and that we we're going to be able to do that. And in the more near term, you know, we've we've taken our events uh, digital and virtual, and we have our first big one coming up here in two weeks. And we're excited because I do think there are some new ways with technology out there that people can network and get together and learn. Uh, it's just in a different format right now. I, th I think that's really interesting that you say that too, because um, you know, obviously, you guys are a mainstay. You know, I, I always, I always say, MJ Biz is is almost is kind of like the CES of of the cannabis industry. You know, you guys are uh, you're just so darn good at what you do, and and you're kind of the anchor for the whole industry. I would imagine that um, that everybody's kind of looking towards you guys to see, okay, you know, what do we do? Because there's there's a lot of other events out there. There's lots of other you know media brands out there, and really, you guys are an industry leader. Um, so, how has the uh, the experience been for you guys? You know, internally as you as you sort through all this. Yeah, I think you know we've we've spent a lot of time in the last almost 10 years building this company into something that the industry um, can have faith in that has credibility, the way we approach things. And, um, you know, I do think in some, in some ways, MJ BizCon itself is a bellwether for where the industry's at, you know, based on attendance and excitement around it or the struggles and the challenges. And so we're seeing a lot of interest in that right now. 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and we are going to go forward with a live in-person event, but also have virtual elements and virtual only options. And then, um, you know, that will likely be something we do down the road. I think for us, we've realized we've been able to kind of use this time to re-examine how we're doing things. And, you know, we've had to make some staffing cuts as we get through this uh, in terms of furloughs. And we're trying to, to re-engineer the business and make sure that we're going to be here for the industry in the years to come and be strong. And so, you know, internally, I think we're, we're looking at what the, we're, we're trying to better connect with the audience and find out what do they need in these times, as I said earlier, whether that's through our market research or our journalism uh, or our analysis or through our events, and then adjust and tweak and change and overhaul where, when needed. Um, I think it's really gonna help people uh, better connect, find uh, new connections, network, um, you know, find people to do business deals with, sales leads, and all of that. So I'm, I'm actually excited about some of what might come out of this. We're still in the middle of it, trying to figure out that path forward. Uh, but sure. a lot of uh, a lot of positive signs for the future. And and for audience that doesn't know, do you mind? Because I'm going to want to talk to you more about this uh, this virtual event because this sounds pretty cool. Um, but can you just tell us a little bit about your background, kind of how you uh, how you got started there? And uh, it seems like everybody's got a really interesting story of how they got into the cannabis industry. So if you wouldn't mind just giving us a little little background, I think uh, uh, that would be very interesting. Sure, I'm a journalist by trade, so I worked at newspapers uh, for the first 12 years of my career as a reporter and an editor covering business. So high tech, the economy, sports business. I got to cover the skiing industry in Colorado, which was awesome. Covered the the Nuggets and the Broncos and the Avalanche from a business perspective. Um, And then I moved to South Korea and was an editor there and overseeing the business desk. And we covered Samsung and Hyundai and and all these big giant, you know, Korean, South Korea, by the way, uh, companies. (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to confuse that with North Korea. So, right. um, and so we, uh, when I moved back, uh, the two co-founders of, of what became Marijuana Business Daily uh, had a post that they were looking for a serious business journalist to cover this industry, which wasn't being covered by anyone. Mainstream, mm-hmm. I thought it was a joke. There was no trade publication out there, no one helping the businesses uh, and the business owners and the investors. So it really appealed to me because I saw a brand new industry that needed help and it needed professionalism and it needed guidance and and so it was exciting uh for for me and so that you know i applied for that they hired me i launched what was then called dispensary insider which was just aimed at dispensary owners and along the way we morphed it but in the early days um you know it was just me out there writing uh you know news and analysis and then we've grown you know substantially along the way that's that was my entry into it and it's the longest job i've ever had um, uh, and, uh, you know, go, going on 10 years here and, and, and I'm now CEO. So running the, the business side of this and not just the journalism side. That's pretty awesome. You, you literally worked your way up, you know, to the top and that's, uh, that's always cool to see in, in business, in any kind of business at all. And you really have a journalism background. I mean, so you guys, and I think it shows in the quality of the, uh, the editorial that you guys have over there, but you know, you guys take editorial seriously, don't you? Uh, absolutely. And, that's my background. You know, again, that's what I went to college for. That's what I did ever since college. Um, we hired professional journalists, some of which I've known that worked at other newspapers, other media properties. Uh, and so that, that rings true with everything we do. We try and be um, objective, fair, and honest. You know, that doesn't exist a lot in the world these days, but we do try our hardest. And that, it's not just about the media side. That, that goes, uh, you know, bleeds over into our conferences where 
mm-hmm. you know, when we choose topics, when we choose who to put on stage, it's, it's not tied to the sales department or marketing and who they think we should. Um, so I think that's how we've built credibility over the years um, because we're not playing games. We're not um, writing about things because someone gave us money and, and that holds true uh, now and going forward. And um, so I think that's been a, a part of our success and, and how, we've, how we've built the company overall. Yeah, and and I would also say that um, you, just the professionalism, you know, the cannabis industry is is sort of creating itself, and it's it's you know moving fast, and you've got a lot of things happening and everything like that. I think that element of professionalism that comes from you know some of the anchors in this space is is really refreshing, and and I think that it serves as a as a guide for lots of other businesses in here. You know, it's a it's an interesting uh, situation where you have a, an industry that was underground. That has become above ground, you know, and it's kind of trying to find its footing and and fill its way. And I think that you're definitely seeing that, um, you know, organizations that that are truly professional and have executional skills are the ones that are are definitely leading the charge, and the others are are following. Whether it's media or you know um, manufacturing or anything like that, it seems like it's really about the X's and the O's um, if you want to have sustainability. Yeah, and when we started in in 2011, myself and Anna Cassandra, the two co-founders, all came from professional backgrounds. And um, you know, at the time, a lot of people running businesses uh, may have had a professional background uh, or may not. Um, this might have been the first time they ever ran a business or managed people. A lot of them had you know been deeply connected to the plant their entire lives, and then had this fantastic opportunity that no one expected to start a business. So it was great, and and we all owe a lot to those. To the people who started this and took all those risks. But from day one, we always said we need to professionalize this industry to move it forward, to make it acceptable, the mainstream, to increase the pace of legalization, to get business-friendly regulations. And so we've, we've always tried to um, help it along uh, professionally as best we can. And now I think it's, it's, it's gotten a lot more professional. Now there's a clash between obviously going too corporate, uh, mm-hmm. totally understand that, or too focused on business and the money, and, and this wonderful connection the people in the industry have with this plant. And so there's this fear that we're moving away from that. And we absolutely are, unfortunately. So how do we keep that spirit alive? How do we make this industry keep it different? So it's not just another sector of the economy. And that's a real kind of discussion and and even clash we're seeing play out today. But but yes, I think professionalism is very key to getting this industry where we all want it to go. Um, and what's your what's your personal relationship with cannabis? Are you are you a consumer? Um, what's your uh, what's kind of your situation with regard to that? Yeah. So when we when we started, I you know I had used it in college, and then not not heavily, but um, you know I, I used it some in college, and then um, didn't. I got in the professional world, and I was working for media, and it was illegal, and so I just I didn't mess with it um, very often at all. And even when we started this business, it was only legal for medical purposes and I didn't need it for medical and I wasn't going to go get a card to pretend I needed it. So um, didn't really use it then either, which was a rarity. And it was um, something you didn't want to advertise in 2011 if you were in this industry. <laughs> you know, you were seen as an outsider. If you, mm-hmm. um, so I didn't really talk about that aspect that much. Uh, but then when they legalized, legalized recreational cannabis, um, you know, kind of opened the door, feel more comfortable. And so... You know, um, myself, I don't use it a ton, but, um, you know, I'll use edibles to help me sleep or sometimes on a Friday night when we're hanging out and, you know, you want to, you want to be in a different mood. Um, so I'm, I'm a light user of it now, but, uh, you know, that even being able, um, you know, to, to, 
to talk about it is just fascinating. I remember when we started and, and I was trying to understand the industry and typing into my computer, marijuana, 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 all day, every day, cannabis, pot, you know, whatever. And wondering if I was going to get like a knock on the door, you know, from the cops, like from some guy who's, you know, I don't, I, that's how it felt back then. Right. So yeah. times have changed a lot. Yeah, they, they really have, especially when it comes to, uh, you know, destigmatization. I feel like that we have, you know, going, going through what we just went through the past couple months where cannabis was deemed essential um, by, by a lot of states and, and everything like that. I think we've really turned the page from, you know, like, like you can attest to five years ago, 10 years ago, what the public's opinion was about cannabis and mm -hmm. the cannabis industry. I would say it's definitely earned, earned some stripes and, uh, you know, is, is, uh, is here to stay. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that point because, you know, when I look at the industry, I've been analyzing this for almost a decade, and um, it's fascinating to me that in the worst, you know, economic situation we've we've seen in my lifetime, um, with all the uncertainty and the global nature of it, and how serious the the economy just shut down uh, across the globe, um, and here you have this plant that is illegal at the federal level in the U.S. And states were deeming it essential for medical cannabis dispensaries and in some cases recreational stores to stay open when almost every single other type of business had to close. I mean, if you were to tell any of us this, this would happen, you know, five years ago, even three years ago, um, we would have laughed at you, or at least I would have. I said, no, of course. <laughs> I mean, given public perception, given the laws, it's mm -hmm. like so out there, that type of idea. I don't even know if I would have expected this. Um, in February, you know, if someone had told me all these states were going to close everything else except a handful of businesses, but leave these open. So I think there's a huge silver lining here and that it really shows how far we've come and uh, how far we can still go because people are embracing this and accepting this. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's really exciting to see all this happen. And especially, um, you know, you, you've worked in, in tech before. And so you've seen parallels of, you know, like new things coming on and becoming the new normal. I would definitely say that cannabis and the cannabis business is the new normal. And uh, whether people like it or participate in it or whatever, they have to at least acknowledge it, you know, and, and recognize its contributions to the economy, uh, you know, a lot of jobs, um, you know, a lot of tax revenue. So yeah, we're definitely at a you know, I, I don't want to say like a renaissance period, but it does feel like some kind of a, you know, almost a coming out party for the cannabis industry, especially on the heels of what we just went through, you know, uh, for two months. Like you said, the craziest, most chaotic, weirdest thing to happen to our economy in so long. And here cannabis is, comes out, you know, kind of like, hey, we're ready to go. We're, we're, we're chomping at the bit. So this is definitely an exciting time, um, I think, for the entire industry. Yeah. And I also think, you know, the... I'm hearing an increasing number of people say this. I've been thinking this for a little bit too, so it's nice to see some some uh, coalescing around this idea. But I do think that you can um, make the case that this could be good for the industry in in the midterm to the long run. That if if uh, you know we come out of this and need to to reinvigorate economies, whether it's the, the countries or, the, or various states or cities that they're going to be looking to create jobs and, and they need the tax money even more than ever. And so we could see some of these remaining last remaining barriers to medical and then recreational start to fall across the country. And maybe the, the regulations will be more friendly. Maybe legalization will gain, gain steam next year, uh, you know, as, as we try and, and get back to where we were from an economic standpoint. 
Yeah, the times, the times they are a changing. And uh, actually, that's what I want to talk to you right after we take a quick break. Uh, we're going to give a, uh, a shout out to one of our sponsors here real quick. And then we're going to come back. We're here with Chris Walsh, president and CEO of, uh, of Marijuana Business Daily. And I want to talk about how the times are changing specifically with events because you've got one coming up in two weeks. I think people are super excited to see how it's going to turn out. And I want to talk to you a little bit more about that in just one second. So we'll be back right after this short timeout with Chris Walsh here on Cannabis Tech Talks. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this episode of Cannabis Tech Talks. Real quick, this episode is sponsored by Rad Source Technologies. One of the biggest problems crop growers run into is the constant threat of mold and pathogens attacking their harvest, making the final product unviable. Well, Rad Source Technologies has developed the RS420 Cannabis Irradiator, which uses modern X-ray irradiator technology to ensure that your product is irradiated safely and effectively with little to no changes to the cannabinoids or terpenes. For more information, check out www.radsource.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cannabis Tech Talks. You are chopping it up with Chuck, and we're here with Chris Walsh, the CEO and president of Marijuana Business Daily. And uh, Chris, tell us about this event that we've got coming up here. Now, MJ BizCon Next has always been kind of your tech event, right? Um, that's been our kind of forward-looking event. Okay. Look there. So there were definitely tech components, tech battlefields, things like that. But it was really about kind of the future of the industry. Yeah. And so now we've got at least for the uh, foreseeable future, you know, we've got a little uncertainty about um, um, big time events and people going to them. I saw that CES is looking like they're, you know, ready to go. We work with them with one of our other publications. And that's kind of the, you know, gold standard of, of events. Um, you guys are, uh, are gearing up for... Uh, December is that right for the in-person event yep. MJ Biz in uh, in Vegas? Mm -hmm. Okay, and then in the meantime, we've got MJ BizCon next direct. Uh, tell the audience a little bit about that and and kind of what uh, what they can expect because um, I'm sure as it gets closer to the event, it's it's going to be what everybody's talking about. Yeah, I mean this is part of our big pivot right now. So as I mentioned before, we. Um, this is MJ BizCon Next and co-hosted with our Hemp Industry Daily Conference. And so these are all completely online, uh, completely virtual and digital, so no one has to travel uh, and spend all the money and the time associated with that. And we're really looking um, to, to, to not only replicate some of the experience that you get by being at a show, but also enhance it. Uh -huh. So we're using new networking technologies that are going to let you plug in your interests and it's going to help match make you with other people uh, that you might want to meet, whether it's another cultivator in your region or whether it's an investor or whatever that, that um, wasn't uh, that we didn't embrace as much in the kind of real world environment. So I think there's going to be some, some really big benefits to networking. You're going to be able to chat with people through the platform and meet them. Uh, we have a virtual expo hall floor too with exhibitors that are kind of categorized by their area of the industry that you can visit their virtual booths. It's kind of a 3D uh, rendition of their booth and they'll have it staffed and you can ask questions and they'll have materials about their products or services or technology and you can uh, jump on a video call with them as well. On the education side, we have uh, you know more than 30 sessions and they're going to be available for six months after. So you, know, you don't have oh. to stay in this window of, oh, the things from 10 to four, you know, you can, you can go at your own pace and that you're mm -hmm. access to that. You can interact um, during the sessions. 
uh, with the speakers and send in questions in some cases. And there's going to be speaker uh, dedicated time for each of them so that you can you know, jump in another area and, and talk to them, ask them questions. There's going to be roundtables. Uh, there's going to be moderated uh, threads, discussion threads. Uh, so we're really trying out a lot of new things uh, and, and we'll see how it goes. We're pretty excited. We've gotten a lot of uh, good traction so far. And I think, um, I think the biggest thing is people don't know really what it is. Yeah. Uh, and they say, well, well, you know, I'm just sitting at my computer or, or what's the value in this? I can't sit down over a beer or, or run into someone unexpectedly that becomes, you know, my investor down the road. Yeah. So, um, we put a lot of time into choosing the right platform, the right technologies and the right approach. And this is our first one. Um, so we're going to welcome any feedback that people have. Uh, but we think we've got a good plan in place. It's going to help people in this environment, especially really, yeah. uh, learn about what's coming next and how, how to run their businesses in this environment. A lot of the content's focused on that. And then also make these connections, find vendors, um, find sales leads. And uh, this will be our first big stab at it. And like I said, it'll be implemented also into what we do in Vegas uh, and in, in do new and unique ways. Yeah. So maybe in the future, there'll be some type of hybrid uh, type events where, you know, we can take the best of the best from the virtual. We can take the best of the best from the, the in-person events and come up with some kind of a, uh, you know, a combination that serves the, uh, you know, serves the exhibitors and serves, serves the attendees, you know, the best. Yeah. I mean, that's our goal is to meld those two together effectively down the road. It's a, it's an interesting, so the platform where these virtual events take place, there's, you know, it's, it's been around for a while. It's not exactly a new technology. And I'm sure you guys did all the research behind the scenes, yeah. uh, you know, to pick a platform and decide what was going to work best. You probably had your team working overtime oh, yeah. uh, to get this all done. Um, but it's, it's interesting that this technology has been around. These, these virtual events have been around, you know, five, 10 years. It's not something brand new, but as often happens during a, uh, uh, you know, a, a crisis or, or some, some kind of a, a blip, uh, all of a sudden these things come to the forefront. And um, did it surprise you to know that all these virtual platforms had, had been out there for so long and they were used in, in kind of different ways, but we can, we can repurpose them? Yeah, um, I knew that they were out there. Um, kind of shame on us, everyone in the event industry, not just in cannabis, but in general, for not mm -hmm. trying to pursue a melding of these two earlier. I think we all just rode the kind of in-person thing because that's what people wanted. We probably all could have been a bit more innovative, but these technologies have been out there. And, um, you know, I think every, everyone knows when you jump on a, a company conference call, remote call, right? There's, there's like someone who's on mute every time talking. There's someone else with feedback or a dog barking. There's someone who freezes like that, you know, and you don't know yeah. what's going on. So um, there's not a lot of faith in these technologies. So um, and, and it's not perfect, you know, you can't replicate everything you would in, in the real world. But I do think it has advanced a lot, especially professional level event technology, um, that, that uh, there, there are some of these new capabilities. Um, but I also do remember uh, when I covered the high tech industry and you had, I was right out of college and September 11th happened and high tech, you know, had just went like this and then crashed and yeah. made everything worse. But I do remember people saying that's the end of face-to-face -face meetings. You know, there's not going to, everything's going to be, wow. everyone's going to be meeting, you know, video calls. And that lasted for like a couple months and then, you know, went back to business as usual. Now I think there will be fundamental changes uh, mm -hmm. that happen. So we're not just saying, Hey, in, in six months, 12 months, it's going to be just like it was before. Uh, I, I think that things are going to change, whether it's social distance, 
requirements or whatever going to the future or, or how we approach these when you, know, when you return to a packed conference hall where people can't get around or networking functions at a club, I don't know. I think they'll come back at some, some point, but I don't, I don't know when. And they might look different. But for us, you know, it's really about blending these, these two sides. And, and I don't think uh, there are some people saying, you know, video and virtual is going to be really the, the dominant way going forward. I don't think that. I, yeah. I don't know the future, but I think that they will work collectively together, whether mm-hmm. just with our company, but in general. I think that's here to stay. Yeah, I, I would say as somebody who goes to a lot of events as well, you know, we cover them, we work with lots of different events, and, uh, you know, sometimes the travel can be brutal. You know, I mean, if you've got three events in a month, you know, and you've got a family, you've got, you know what I mean? Like the travel can be, so I can see somewhere in the future where, you know, like we talked about earlier, there there could be a type of hybrid type thing, but I don't think big events are ever going to go away. I don't think that people are going to, um, you know, same thing with concerts, right? I mean, people, people are going to want to get back to concerts. People are going to want to be back and enjoy sports. You know, that's another one, right? That I think is, is a, a big part of our culture. So events, you know, concerts, sports, all these things, we're just going to have to kind of wing it, you know, until we yeah. get back to that kind of normal and, uh, you know, and then, and then just kind of see how it shakes out. Well, one of the things too, I think that this has spurred is that people are, are now more used to something, you know, like this, where you're seeing mm-hmm. each other on a screen and before not many people jumped on a video call to have a business call. Maybe salespeople did, but I, I never had people wanting video, you know, before this. Yeah. Now we're used to it. So you can see how this could work in the future where maybe, maybe two people from your company go to a show or one person, right? And then they're bringing in other people in the company. So you're not taking on the expense of having five people go, right? But maybe strategically, that person's getting a virtual pass. They're able to see the sessions they want. You can bring them into other meetings that you're having. And then their day is, is nice and focused and they're not traveling for two days on either end and all that. And, um, and we really have found that, that if you do the networking part right, as I said before, uh-huh. virtually, it, it can actually, we had someone tell us who had been to just another conference virtual, not in the cannabis industry, they said they got they might have gotten more value out of that than in the in-person events. Um, so we're hopeful, you know, people walk away from ours like that too. And then if they work together in conjunction with each other, it's a kind of a powerful uh, offering. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to ask you. And I know we're just about out of time here, but um, what do you think we can actually do better in a virtual event um, than we can in person? Do you think it's the uh, you know, the, the networking or the leads uh, type of exchange or what, uh, what, what do you anticipate? I, I mean, there's some things that are really difficult to, to reproduce and to make as effective. There's no doubt about that, but there are the benefits side to, to your point is, you know, if you have the right matchmaking technology, you know, when you're at a conference, you're just kind of wandering around trying to meet the right people and you, you don't know, right? You yeah. No idea. You're looking at stack of business cards. You're, yeah. you're just looking for, you know, the right uh, industry that you're looking to build a relationship with. And it can be kind of a, you know, it could be, it could be a little bit of a, uh, uh, like you're hunting, you know, it's like a goose yeah. chase. You're trying to find the right partner. Yeah. It could be a crapshoot and you're looking at their bad, mm-hmm. are they from or are they a speaker or, you know? Um, and so I think that what you can do in the virtual environment is, you know, connect people a lot better based on their interests. And it might be geographical, it might be a niche of the industry. It might be someone looking for money or someone looking to invest money. There's lots of opportunities there that, um, that I think you can, in some cases, do better about um, basically focusing people's efforts and time in the right ways rather than just saying, okay, I'm going to cast a net and I have no idea who I'm going to meet, where and how. 
Um, and then I think also on the content side, we have the ability to pivot really quickly. And, and so we could, if some big issue comes up or, or we want to do an event in Michigan, you know, to mm -hmm. plan that you got to spend months, like I got to find a venue and do this. And now we can say, there's a, there's a big industry that cropped up. There's a hot topic. Let's go do that. We can do it in a couple of weeks, you know? Um, so you have a lot more flexibility in the type of, of um, content you can cover. And then also you have for the attendees, you know, all that added expense of traveling um, and, and the time away from the office that if yeah. you can get, if you can get a certain percentage of what you need, but only invest, you know, half a day in it or do it over time where you're, you're, you're connecting with people down the road that you, you know, that you've met through this virtual thing. I think there's, there's a benefits in that way too. You know, if you're in China and want to come to MJ BizCon, but you don't have, you know, $10,000 to fly over here and stay in Vegas for a couple nights, um, you can still participate in it and, and get a lot of value out of it, uh, whether it's China or whether it's, you know, Florida or yeah. wherever, you know, if you just don't want to travel or you can't. Everything's a long flight from Florida, especially <laughs> the point. West Coast. <laughs> Even getting from one part of there, Florida like, to the other. It's brutal. Part. Yeah. It's like a four and a half hour flight to get to the West Coast, you know, five hours. So uh, yeah, yeah I, th I think it's really cool. So what, what are you guys looking for now? Are you looking for attendees? Um, you know, you're, you're a couple weeks out. What's the, uh, and what do we do to round out the, uh, the event right now? Yeah, we have, uh, we made some good traction registration. We had an early bird, the final early bird deadline where the price is uh, a bit lower uh, last week and we got a lot of uh, people signing up for that. Um, we know in a virtual environment, there's really no incentive to sign up. Like you don't have to sign up weeks before. Um, yeah. You want that, that discount. So, I mean, you can sign up, you know, the day before if you want. We're hoping people sign up earlier so we have a better idea of what to expect. But we're kind of in the crunch period the last two weeks where we normally get a ton of traffic for our events in person. Mm -hmm. Expect that for virtual. And then we still have some booths um, uh, and sponsorship opportunities that our team uh, is selling. I think one of the, the biggest uh, takeaways for us has been uh, just, again, that the lack of understanding of what a virtual event is and how it works, whether you're an exhibitor or a sponsor or an attendee. It's like, cool, I don't know what this is. Is it going to be like I'm in a video game? Is it I'm just watching webinars all day? You know, um, so we've had, we've spent a lot of time. We have videos for attendees and for uh, potential exhibitors to walk them through, like, this is what it looks like and this is how it works. And I think people will, there's a little bit of a learning curve at first to figure out what it is. Um, but I think it'll, it'll, it'll bring a lot of value. That's really smart, you know, kind of managing the expectations for something that's going to be new for a lot of people coming into it. Um, seems like a, like a really, really good plan. So uh, let the audience know where they can find out more uh, about this event. You got a website or something like that you want to send them to because uh, I'm, I'm getting excited already. Yeah, I would just go to uh, mjbizdaily.com and you'll see there's a drop down menu for our events up top and um, that takes you right to the page. It's mjbizcon next and then the hemp industry daily conference. And uh, from there, you can see all the speakers, all the, the value that uh, we're trying to create for, for people in the industry, the networking opportunities, and you can register through that site. Awesome. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, we love working with you guys. You, you really set the standard and, and lead the industry. So it's, uh, it's always a pleasure to be able to chat with you guys. Um, looking forward to the event. And uh, yeah, if you guys need anything else between here and then, let us know. Um, but again, it's been a real pleasure to have you here. Look forward to seeing you actually in person at one of these events real soon, just like the good old days. December. We're going to do it. December. Now, thank you. And you guys are, are fantastic. I, I love what you do. So thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. And I 
I do hope to see you in Vegas in December. Absolutely. I wouldn't miss it for the world. Okay, everybody, thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode of Cannabis Tech Talks. Uh, if you like this episode, make sure that you hit the like button, the share, and don't forget to follow the conversation on social media um, so you can see uh, see what's going on there, all the, all the social media channels as well. And again, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we appreciate you, Chris, uh, MJ Biz Daily, the whole rest of the Cannabis Tech Today team. We'll catch you next time. Thanks so much. See you later.